From the newsroom of the Bryant College Station Eagle, this is the Brazos Sports Press Cast. And now, the Eagle High School Sports Team, Alex Miller and Jake Weiss. What's up, y'all? You're listening to the Brazos Sports Preps Cast. I'm Alex Miller from the Eagle. It's week one of the Texas high school football season, guys. And we got a big show in store today. We got ourselves a little media roundtable. Of course, always, here's my good speedy <laughs> pal, Jake Weiss, the Eagles high school sports reporter. What's up, Jake? I'm doing good, man. I'm always here. So Yeah, you are, for <laughs> better or worse. And hey, we got some special guests. We got Ben Peck from KAGS. What's up, Ben? Not too much. Ready to get it going and yeah. start talking about some actual games. And we've got Miss Nicole Griffith from KBTX. How's it going? It's good. Good morning. Well, whenever people listen to this, but we're shooting it in the morning, so. You know, you are the only non-native Texan on this panel right now. I've been here a year, though, and I've had Whataburger and why am I blanking on it? Shipley's Have you been to Bucky's? Once. Once? Okay. That counts. And? Um... They didn't have Gatorade or Powerade. <laughs> so I got a body armor at like one there in the morning. Fair enough. Well, Nicole, I'm going to put you on the spot. What what was what was the, the best thing that you got to experience about Texas high school football last fall and in your first kind of dosage of it? So I think I have kind of two answers to that typical like TV radio person, right? Always making more than one answer. But uh-huh. um the drill team was very new to me. Um, I was like, oh, the cheerleaders, they're wearing hats and stuff. And um, <laughs> they're like, no, that's the drill <laughs> team. And so that I am getting experience into the drill team. And then also I think having um, the state tournament at AT&T Stadium was really awesome. So um, I, have not, I had not been there. And then so being able to cover um, a couple teams um, in the state tournament was awesome, um, being able to go up to Jerry World. They don't have one of those in South Dakota? They uh, they have the Dakota Dome. Shout shout out Yotes, go Coyotes, but um, not the Coyotes. But <laughs> they're gonna play in the snow up there, huh? That's well, it's a dome, so yeah. So they don't. Ha- they yes. don't have to play. Yes, yeah, correct. Yeah. Yes, they do. I have play. I have shot games um, in negative temperatures. Ooh. So, well, you're gonna be shooting games in three degree temperatures this week because mm-hmm. it's uh, it's gonna be a hot one, and we got yeah. some big games. We'll get to those in a minute. Uh, you know, you mentioned getting to go to AT and T Stadium. The first question I was gonna ask you guys, kind of previewing the season, is you know who's a team that y'all have your eye on. Uh, going into the year and maybe a team that could make it all the way to AT&T Stadium. Ben, we can start with you. Uh, I may take the easy answer and say College Station definitely uh, piques my interest. But, you know, something that I think is interesting for me when you think about the two College Station teams, I think initially in my mind, I think Consol, all this returning skill position, player talent with Keyshawn Thomas, Trey Taylor, uh, you know, all the different names, Will Hargett, that they have coming back, Trace Meadows, and you know they just got to figure out the offensive line. And you kind of forget how much skill position talent Seastad has come back with Arrington Maiden and Peyton Cashin and uh, you know Alex Vela, Aiden Martinez Brown, and you know if they can, and they got some guys come back on defense. And of course, goes without saying, Braylon Wortham coming in. So I'll be really interested to see what they can do. Yeah, Jake. Uh, I'll kind of take the other uh, school in town. I'll go with A&M Consolidated. Uh, went, went on these guys, Aggie Sports Overtime, yeah. uh, you know, and I, I think at the end of the segment I said, uh, you know, A&M Consolidated was a team I think could make a run. Sure. I, you know, I might might get a little grief for that one, but uh, I'm, I'm really interested to see what Tigers can do this year. You know, you mentioned the skill position guys. Uh, maybe it's a little bit too of, you know, we saw what Stoney could do in year one, but uh, I don't know. I think Coach Schmidt, uh, you know, I'm interested to see what he, he and the co- Tigers can do this year. Uh, in his first year, I know uh, – Maybe some high expectations off of what College Station did, but I think they could make a run. Yeah. Nicole? I usually cover Brian. That's my beat. So I don't know um, how far of a run they can make, but they've made the pl- they made the playoffs last year and Ricky Tolis' first year. This is his second year. So, you know, it's kind of nice to 
the tr- the jump from year one to year two. Uh, there are uh, some answers that need to be some questions that need answered. Uh, they have a two quarterback system, or they have two quarterbacks in the running right now. Um, they lost Malcolm Gooden last year. Their offensive line was huge last year. Lost all the the big guys up front. But you have um, Terrence Lewis, uh, who's a a rising junior, put on some weight, did track in the offseason. And then you have Tyson Turner, who is committed to Tech. So I'm really excited to watch them. And um, they made the playoffs uh, last year, but, you know, seeing how they can build off of that. Yeah, I was going to say, if all else fails, just just put the camera on either Tyson or Terrence, and you'll, you'll probably get a highlight for your Friday night show. Yes, one game I had five t- – well, I, he had – uh, Terrence had five touchdowns. Yeah. I tweeted that. I tweeted four of them. I was like four touchdown night, and one of the coaches tweeted at me that he had five. So I, <laughs> I had. I actually shot it. I just didn't include it. I, oh. I you know, when you, ha- yeah. it just got right. lost in the shuffle. So I took the tweet down, added the fifth, and threw it up there. there so. you go. I'll tell you what. A, a team that wouldn't play at eight, didn't get a chance to play at AT and T Stadium, but I think has a shot to make a deep run. Raz is Christian. You know, they went yeah. to the state semifinals last year. Uh, it was kind of a breakout year. We talk about year one coaches, Corey Washington over at Brazos Christian. And, you know, they've got a lot of guys back. Uh, similar to College Station and Consol and maybe even Brian trying to figure things out on the line going mm-hmm. into the season. But, you know, the fact that they've grown the program from 22 players to 35, I think is very – it speaks to just the interest level, I think, at Brazos Christian. And uh, – Definitely curious to, to see, you know, how, how they can how they can try and keep it going. They're playing Travis Brown's alma mater week one, Dallas First Look Baptist. Out. So uh, <laughs> if you're checking the picks on Thursday, Brazos Christian fans, uh, don't be too upset with Travis if he, <laughs> if he right, picks right. the hometown team. So, all right. We talked about some of our in-town schools. Uh, let's, let's, let's look at the area a little bit. Obviously, I think – all of us could agree Franklin is probably poised to make another run. Let's let's just let's just go down the row and, and, and share a little tidbit about Franklin. Something that you know has stood out to you the last year or two, and just uh, something you're looking for from the Lions this year. I mean, I think it's just am- amazingly impressive how they were able to replace departing talent year in year out. Uh, you know, last year my first year down here, but you know all about Malcolm Murphy, what he meant to that team. And in steps Bryson Washington. I know he was there for the first state championship, but you know, really took another, went to another level. And now, as, as he goes, you got Jaden Jackson coming up, Bubba Jackson coming up, Court Lowry still there, kind of manning the ship at quarterback. So I, I think that's probably the thing that stands out to me the most. It, it's hard for high schools to reload like that, especially at that level. Uh, for me, Alex, I got to go with uh, a little phrase you probably heard me say a bunch around the office, but uh, baby runs the ball. Uh, I got to say, man, looking at Franklin, I'm always just impressed with the uh, the run game. I mean, they just pound the rock, and, I mean, teams just can't stop it. Uh, they've got a big old offensive line. I'm looking to see uh, them kind of keep it going this year, uh, to see them pound the rock. And, hey, we even saw them throw a couple passes. So, uh, I mean, a they, couple. Yeah, they've, they've got some tricks up their sleeve. But, uh, yeah, I'm interested to see just the run game, get it going, and, uh, you know, keep the stats and you know, put some 100-yard rushers in the book. Nicole? Well, I think, you know, they kind of made a statement at your media days when they brought their uh, their hardware. They and um, they brought, a, like, seven or eight players. Um, Mark Fannin didn't make the trip, but, you know, he's rinse and repeat up there. So I think it's really interesting, 44-3 and three in three years for Fannin. So, um I don't remember when their last loss was, but it was um, uh, to uh, Canadian in the state say, championship game two years ago. Okay, so you know, took it personal and yeah. haven't lost since. Um, and then there, uh, you have Jane Jackson coming back. You know, two star or uh, plays basketball. Can also right. he can uh, he's got a nice release on on the court. And then you know, uh, I think seeing them in their state tournament when their offensive and their defensive players at the game, like just seeing how the team really celebrated those guys and you know gives them confidence going into next year because they weren't seniors and so it'll be really interesting um to see how they respond you know morgan weaver's kind of our franklin (laughs) franklin beat um so i uh, always have to you know if you talk franklin you gotta talk morgan weaver so (laughs) she'll be um she has got them covered so you know i think the thing that stands out to me about franklin is just the amount of experience that they have 
you know, I was, I was emailing somebody that works at the school, and he was like, hey, you should look into how many starts these guys have. Like, they've got, like, uh, like two hands, like, full of just yeah. guys that have started for two, three years. And so I think when that's all you know, that's the standard. And, you know, it, in a way, it I think it helps them mentally understand how to get back there. So that's why, to me, I feel confident saying Franklin's going to make another run. I don't think it's going to be easy. I definitely think that their region this year is going to be even better than it was last year when mm-hmm. you look at Hitchcock and Edna. Jake and I were at those games yeah. last year covering them together. Uh, but, yeah, I think the Franklin Lions are uh, the team to beat in Class 3A without a doubt. Who, who are, who's another team in the area that you guys have your eye on going into the season? I'd have to say I'm very interested to see what Brenham brings to the table. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, they're losing Rylan Wooten, their quarterback, who meant so much to them. Reed Robinson, a really good receiver for them as well. But they, you know, year two under Danny Young's down there, and they just have, I don't know, if they can find that answer at quarterback, if Juan Mata is that guy and, and can, you know, play at a similar level than Rylan Wooten or at least – you know, comparable enough to let the other guys step up and fill in. Uh, they seem, they're one of those teams that, like Franklin, just always seems to find a way to get those playmakers that they need for a deep run. And I think they kind of came on late in the season last year as well. Yeah. Jake? All right, I'm kind of glad Ben went first because I was torn. <laughs> I had two, and he didn't take either one. So, uh, yeah. I, guess, I guess I could throw them both out, but uh, I know we still have Nicole and you to go, so I'll, I'll save it. Uh, <laughs> There's a few more schools no, know, in the I area, know, but, so you – know. Uh, I'll just start. I'll just check it off of it. Okay, not that one, not that one. Uh, But, you know, I think the first one that really stuck out to me, I was kind of driving over this morning and thinking about that question. And I got to go Madisonville. Um, You know, last year was kind of, you know, they got back to Thanksgiving. That was a goal of theirs. Uh, Something I really didn't realize. I don't know about the rest of y'all, but I kind of, you know, I thought, you know, pretty much every team's goal was playoffs and in state. Didn't really realize, you know, getting to – play on Thanksgiving or around Thanksgiving was kind of another goal for a lot of teams. Mm-hmm. Kind of an air box you can check on your on your way to state, Jerry's world. And, uh, you know, for Madisonville, that was a goal. Uh, hey, we want to be playing on Thanksgiving. Didn't go their way, of course. Uh, I think they lost to Silsby. A good Silsby team. Very yeah, good very good Silsby <laughs> team. Miller. <laughs> right, right, But, uh, you know, Can't I mean, commit. I was just real impressed, though, uh, with the run they made. I know they had the, what, 9-3 to win uh, the week before, kind of yeah. an upset. Uh, looking to see what they can do again. I know they got Lorenzo Johnson back. He's kind of their do-everything guy. I think if you look at the roster, he's listed at like five different positions. I think it's like wide receiver, kick returner, punt returner. <laughs> list goes on. Probably could play some quarterback. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, I'm interested to see what they can do. Mustangs. Uh, got my eye on the Mustangs. All right, Nicole. You can go if you want. Oh. I was. <laughs> I want to s- I wanna see if I can challenge myself right, to. Right, right. So I've got two, and they're both orange and black. And they're both at the 2A level. <gasps> is it Caldwell? It is not Caldwell. Okay, okay. Caldwell's my pick. So. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to go Somerville and Centerville. Okay. Oh, Somerville, okay. because they're trying to make history this year. They've never made the playoffs three years in a row. And, Wild. And I think that they've got a team this year that they've – at that 2A level, all it takes is, like, a core of, like, three or four guys. And I think they've got that um, to, to really make a push to – to try and uh, get back to the playoffs for that third year. Coach Roberts has something good going on. The other team I'm looking for is Centerville. They lose Paxton Hancock, but they've got they've got a laundry list of dudes that, that are just studs. And similar to Franklin, they've had a lot of experience. Yeah. And so, you know, Coach Hardy's team is always tough to beat. Um, I think they're definitely the favorite in that district. And, uh, you know, unfortunately for Centerville, they'll – if they want to get through, they will probably have to play Timpson and Terry Bussey right, again. Right. <laughs> but, hey, you know, maybe third time's a charm, similar to College Station, trying to get back to the state championship third year in a row, try and win it. So you never know. Um, but, you know, I definitely think Centerville, as a, as a team collectively, has the pieces to, to go and challenge a team like Timpson mm-hmm. uh, deeper in the playoffs. Nicole? I think I usually pick, like, the more – 
I don't know, interesting route. Like Caldwell hasn't won a game in two years. And yeah. so now they have a new head coach. And so I want to know, like, how are they going to switch that around? Rudder, two and eight last year. How are they going to switch that around? I feel like we have a lot of, um, when we talked at your media, uh, the Eagles media days, like we have, there's a lot of hungry teams. And so, um, Rudder is in town, but um, just being able, like, kind of checking in on Caldwell and Rudder and seeing how, like, teams are transferring from not having successful seasons to having successful seasons. Yeah, and, hey, we, we talked about Rudder last week on our show. Yeah. Just, you know, it sounded like they had a pretty successful scrimmage against Georgetown, which, I mean, we've all seen Georgetown. Right. They, they, had, they had a pretty good team last year, right. and they brought back some dudes. So, um Definitely curious to see what the Rangers can do with, uh, you know, Jaquise Martin, Cody Billings, Trace Amola, those guys. Jake, were you going to say something? Uh, no, I was just going to say uh, nobody nobody mentioned Burton. I How could we this forget Burton? Was, was, oh, I didn't forget about him. Uh, All right, tell us, about, tell us about the Burton Panthers and good old Coach Hogan. Did anyone go to the Mark game? I was there. I was, I was there, there, so we can speak on that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm a guest today. People hear me enough on the uh, <laughs> There you go. Uh, ladies first, ladies first. So, uh, Burton, I love making the drive out there um, to their high school. They don't have a field. And so yeah. they it's the second year, I believe, that they won't have home games. Um, they don't even have a practice field. They're practicing on the baseball field. And so I asked if they have to um, – you know, pay rent to baseball. <laughs> right. And they said well, the baseball coach is a football assistant. So mm-hmm. it evens out. But um, love making the drive out there, that one-lane bridge. Um, I don't right. know if people go that way, but or if that's <laughs> the only way you can go to get to Burton. But 13-0 um, and 0, um, before their loss to Mart in the semifinals, um, I believe. In mm. um, And so they their defense had five shutouts. Um, and then again this year that they don't have uh, they run the ball run the ball heavy um, and they don't have any home games but uh, you know coach Hody said hey we told the team that we're not we're going to be playing on the road a lot and one of the guys said hey we won 13 games on the road last year might as well do it again right yeah no I mean that that defense is so good and I think will be again and it's just one of those if they could they could maybe win the whole thing averaging like 17 points a game if they needed to. Like, that defense is that good. So it's one of those, uh, if I were to use a Texas A&M parallel, it's one of those, like, if they just get that side of the ball figured out even a little bit at a high level, then they'll be a real tough team to beat. Okay, who's one player, could be local, could be the area that you guys are excited to, to watch this season? Could be a couple. You could do a local right, in an area. Right, right. Could be five. Could be five. <laughs> could I'm, be 20. You know what? I'm going to be a little biased, and I know I said call station earlier, but I'm going to go with my who I recently found out is my neighbor, oh. uh, call station quarterback Arrington Maiden. Oh. Uh, he's, you know, he, he given how their season went last year, going all the way to the state championship, I feel like it's easy to forget, you know, what he's doing, I believe, commits Memphis now. Yes, they correct. He went into last year not even winning the starting job out of camp. And that was just kind of a mid-season transition for him to kind of take ownership of that job, and then you saw what they did. And uh, he also, I think, had a lot of young receivers, a lot of young talent there that were kind of getting their feet wet alongside him. So, you know, with another year under, you know, I know Stoney Pryor's been there before as offensive coordinator, but just another year in the boat, leading the charge with – all those guys we mentioned coming back. Jackson Verdugo, I forgot to even mention, taking another step up. I'll be real interested to see if they try to air it out a little bit more what Maiden and the Cougars can do. All right, I'm coming over here. Nicole? All right, so I would say I have two. I'll take, okay. pick one from Brian, one from Rudder. Okay. I would say Rudder would be uh, Jaquise Martin. Um, he's just been a solid all around. Um, I know seven on seven counts but doesn't count right, <laughs> right, right, right. but uh you know he had three touchdowns like in the game i shot of it is before like halftime or so i was like he was you know walking over and i was like he's three touchdowns already he's like yeah like yes ma'am and i was like <laughs> all right yeah, so yeah. i think just um rudder will be really interesting to watch they have a lot of hunger and seeing how he kind of takes a leadership role and then on the brian side i would pick um terrence lewis uh covered them a lot last year and he was uh um I wouldn't say, like, immature, but he just had a lot of emotions, and he was um, a sophomore, and at Media Day, when we interviewed him, uh, 
the question was like, what, uh, what do you remember or what have you been working on from this year to last year? Um, and his, he, his, his answer was, well, I got my attitude in check. And so I think that's, you know, they're so brutally honest, these high schoolers. And so I think that's really inspiring to say like, you know, I put on some, put on some weight in the off season, got his attitude in check. You know, it's like, he's a, he's a new kid. So, um, he also had five touchdowns in a game. So we'll just see how, how he improves. Well, you said we could do 20, so uh, here we go. Uh, no, uh, I, I don't want to make us sit here all day. In 6A. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Let's run it down. In uh, 5A. No, I think a big one for me, uh, you know, Ben talked about College Station, but uh, you didn't mention a guy I thought you would, uh, so I was kind of glad. You, you didn't yeah, steal yeah. mine. Uh, Aiden Martinez-Brown. Yep. Uh, you stole mine. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, we just watched him. You and me were at the scrimmage last Friday, so maybe it's a little recency bias, but, uh, I mean, just the season he had last year stepping up, uh, we saw him at the scrimmage. I don't know about you, but uh, I thought he looked a little faster. Did you think that too? Yes, it definitely okay, looked yeah. like he had a he had a little extra pep in his step. Yeah, I say I normally don't watch the game from the sidelines. I know y'all are usually on and, the sidelines. And another but, uh, guy yeah, that was really fast thrust into the fire as the season progressed. Yeah. So absolutely, mm-hmm. and and without him, they don't go all the way Not to, at all. to state. Uh, but he had a nice screen pass, uh, caught that nice screen pass, and just took down the, off down the field in the scrimmage. Uh, and he had a touchdown during the controlled portion, too, just a nice little bulldoze his way into the end zone, I think, from a couple yards out. But, uh, yeah, interested if he can do uh, this year. And like I said, have a list of, like, 20 we could just run through, but right. uh, I don't think we got enough footage on uh, you know, time on the camera. Right. I'll, go, I'll go across town. I'm curious to see how Keyshawn Thomas and Trey Taylor are used because when we watched in the yeah. scrimmage uh, – Cameron Vines was the running back. And last year, it was Trey and Keyshawn kind of by committee in the backfield. They they really had a really good one-two punch at, at running back. But now it seems like they're kind of – Coach Schmidt's kind of moved them around, especially Keyshawn playing in that slot receiver position. You know, those two guys are such great playmakers. They need to get the ball in those guys' hands as much as they can. And so uh, I'm definitely curious to see, you know, how they're utilized, how defenses adjust – to, to playing against them because I think, you know, you talk about uh, Lorenzo Johnson playing five positions. I think those guys could play five positions and maybe even on defense, uh, even at the five level. So um, definitely curious to see about them. And then, of course, I'm definitely going to watch and see how Jaden Jackson performs because, you know, it you, t- you talked about Bryson Washington stepping in to the spotlight last year. Now it's kind of Jaden Jackson's turn. And you know, Franklin had such a lethal one-two punch. They know they have Jackson. They know they have some guys that have had some carries behind him, but they really need to get that second guy, I think. You know, I think they're going to use Devin Hidrago a lot, carrying the ball, running, you know, some of those outside sweeps that they like to run. Um, but, you know, Jaden's the guy. They're going to need him to stay healthy. They're going to be depending on him a lot, and uh, he's just a fun player to watch. And he's such he's such a nice guy. He's so right. quiet. He's so humble. You uh, you enjoy talking to kids like that and getting to watch them play. So, all right, two more. What's one game you've got circled on the schedule this season, Jake? Oh, all right. I, all right. Wow. I thought you we were going to have our guest no, skill first. Good, you're good. <laughs> all right. Well, I'm probably going to steal the one that's on everybody's list, but uh, it's the rivalry game, College Station yeah. A&M Consolidated. Uh, I think that's what two weeks before. Like it's it's not the end of the regular season, but I think it's October like the game 27th. before. Right yeah. before thanks uh, Halloween. Right before Halloween. Yeah. Could get spooky over there. Right, right, right. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's at Consol at College Station last year. Really good game. Uh, it was back and forth game. I think Consol went up what twenty one zero around that number, and then I thought they were gonna drop a fifty burger. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> College Station made a comeback. Uh, coming from Auburn, you know, we all know about the Iron Bowl. Uh, I don't know, kind of like around here, it makes me kind of think of, the, it's the high school Iron Bowl. Uh, right, right. You know, no one's teeping trees, of course, after <laughs> wins. But, uh, you know, it's, it's close You just enough. gave them an idea now. Yeah, right. there we go. Hey, they can use that if they want. I, I wouldn't mind, you know, driving downtown, seeing uh, some snow. Right. So so who's Alabama and who's Auburn? Don't don't answer that. <laughs> well, I guess Consol would have to be Auburn because they're the Tigers, right? I, yeah. Hey, yeah, there we go. I, there we go. There we go. go. Oh, man. I'm going to do... A little off the wall, a non-district game, Navasota and Madisonville, who played an instant classic last year. I think that was a multiple overtime, if I'm not mistaken. 
at the very least, a crazy game down to the wire. And we've mentioned Madisonville team coming up. Navasota team we haven't talked about yet, but a team that I think is also one of those just interesting teams. They've always got some pieces and like they're going to be the team that when they break out, I feel like it's like, ah, we knew they were about to. And then, you know, it just because they're always kind of right there in the mix. So I think that'll be especially to gauge both those teams early on. I'm going to go Cameron Yo and Franklin. I like oh. it. I like it. Yes. Because when um, we ask the players, uh, you know, because usually, you know, the co- we're so used to college, like, response, like, you got a game circled. They're like, you know, game one. Focus right. on game one. All the games are as equal as... You know, New Mexico and Alabama are right. the same playing field. <laughs> no, they're not. But um, asking the Cameron Yo players, uh, you got a game circled on? And they go, Franklin, we want to beat them. Because, you know, they're on the pedestal. They haven't lost. Right. And so uh, they're, they're hungry to beat them. Hey, there's only two other teams that have won uh, three state championships in a row in the Brazos Valley. Cameron Yo is the first. Trivia question, who's the other one? Oh, I should know this. I've only been. I'm non-Texan. <laughs> Come on, Jake. We talked about this. Oh yeah. What class? Yeah. Or, oh, Bremont. Yeah. There you go. That's I didn't right. Think that's I, right. I, I that's thought right. this was just question for. I was in Lubbock like, covering uh, a Seagraves when they were like pretty good, and they always they never made it to state, but they were always going to lose to Bremont if they did. Rick Rhodes, you know, Cameron coach. He was the guy that won the three state mm-hmm. championships there. So uh, it'd be kind of interesting if they were able to knock Franklin off that pedestal for sure. Okay. I'm going to go a little off the wall. If you, Well, it's not really that off the wall. We talk about rivalry games. For all the high school football junkies listening to the podcast, if you've never watched a six-man football game, oh. you should go watch. It's very different. It's very exciting. A lot and of one, touchdowns. A lot of touchdowns. The one you got to watch, it's got to be Allen Academy and St. Jim's. Yep. Okay? Mm. It's, it's really the only other in-town rivalry that we have right now. And... Both those teams are going to be pretty solid this year, and they each want to beat each other so bad. And so if you haven't watched that rivalry before, got to go do it. But my number one pick, I'm, going, I'm, I'm, I'm agreeing with Jake. It's got to be A&M yeah. Consolidated and College Station. It's likely going to have some serious district championship implications. Consol's never beaten College Station, uh, and uh, it's, it's a must-see game. If you can get a ticket at Tigerland, you should be there. Oh, yeah. Should be there. Okay, we've we've previewed the season, but there are games to play this week. Mm-hmm. So tell me about the game or games that you're gonna be at this week, and just kind of what you're looking for specifically on on Friday night. So I'll be over in Huntsville for AM Consolidated taking on Huntsville. Really interested to see. Of course, we've talked a lot about Consol, but for the Hornets, like a team that had to kind of. Try out some stuff at quarterback last year, do some injuries. Jawan Giddens kind of running back turned wildcat quarterback. Sounds like he could play quarterback this year, but he's also going to play linebacker, so that's kind of nasty to think about. Be interested to see where they're at because, you know, Huntsville, obviously very traditionally, very strong program. I think last year, given some of the injury circumstances, kind of tough to gauge them, but Consol will be a great test for them. And uh, I know it's not going to open this week, but excited to see that new stadium as well. Yeah. Jake? Uh, well, I'm going to Huntsville as well, so you can skip me. We can come back. Oh, a little party. A little Huntsville party. Get a little caravan over there. Yeah, so we don't talk afterwards what time you're leaving. <laughs> I'm also going about an hour away, not to uh, Huntsville. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm going to Waller and Bryan. <laughs> so I'm, they opened the season against each other last year um, right. at Bryan. Bryan won pretty handedly. So um, I just talked to Ricky Tolis yesterday, getting a preview of the game. Um, Waller uh, didn't win a game last year. So, um, you know, you don't know what you're going to get. So uh, I think it'll be a good game for Brian. Uh, You know, sometimes opening on the road, I asked Tolis this, like, do do you like opening on the road? Like, what are the benefits? And he goes, the play, the kids can play, the kids, the the athletes can play more loose Mm -hmm. because they're not in front of their home crowd. And so I think it'll be interesting to see how they play on the road. Um, They get settled in, what their quarterback system is going to look like um, because they have Boone Turner out of Caldwell. Mm -hmm. And then – uh, another quarterback and so it's just it'll be interesting to just see like the product that they put out on the field in Tulsa's second year all right Jake tell us about your game that you're headed to which uh you know 
is the same one that did. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say he, he kind of covered it, but uh, yeah, the first big uh, big key will be uh, you know me versus Google Maps. Uh, so we'll see how that Not goes. Not surprised. Yeah, we'll, we'll see how that goes. Uh, hopefully leave with enough time. But Highway 30, Jake. Yeah, right, I, I right, should right. be good, though. It's literally mm-hmm. a straight shot. Check the track. Well, you never you know, you never know <laughs> with me. I, I, we'll see. I hope I get there, though. Ben will, ben will get, fill you guys just in, Just follow me. Just follow me. Yeah. But, uh, no, I think, uh, you know, I talked to Coach Schmidt about this. Uh, you know, he's a Sam Houston alum. He played there, uh, played offensive line there. And kind of interesting little note, uh, you know, back at Bowers, like Ben mentioned, uh, not at the Huntsville High School Stadium, but uh, kind of interesting. It'll be about, you know, 15 years, I think he said, since he's last been there. So kind of a little bit of a homecoming for him. Kind of cool with, you know, his new team. It's kind of like a, you know, first game with a new team, but it's a somewhat of a homecoming. So I think that's kind of neat for him. Uh, real just excited to see what the Tigers look like. I know I talked about them a little earlier. Um, you know, a lot of skill, talent, like Ben mentioned, uh, you know, just real interested to see what they look like under him, both on offense and defense. Because you know, we talked about we talked about this on the podcast uh, a couple weeks ago and last week, I think too. You know, new offense, new defense, a lot of new schemes. You know, Keyshawn, Trey, they've been you know, well, Keyshawn especially. You know, he's been moved to slot. Uh, a guy like Trace Meadows, you know, they moved him from safety to linebacker. Mm-hmm. So gonna be interested to see, you know kind of where everybody fits in, what it looks like. Just, yeah, a lot of things I'm interested to see for Consol. Well, my season doesn't actually start till Saturday, okay, because uh, – Vanderbilt, Hawaii? Right, right, I right. wish. <laughs> um, but, uh, no, it's because I'm going to cover College Station and Lovejoy up at Allen's Eagle Stadium. And, you know – I'm I'm really intrigued by this matchup. I think this is going to be a much different game than it was a year ago. You know, last season, Lovejoy kind of – they kind of gave it to the Cougars. I mean, they won by a considerable margin. And, you know, I think College Station this at this point of the year is in a much better spot than they were last year. Just, you know, what we know about them on paper and just talking with Coach Pryor and some of their players – you know, last year coming into the, this game, they had lost their star running back that they thought would have a, a chance to carry them back to a state championship game. They were without their two starting linebackers uh, against a very star-studded offense that Lovejoy has. And not only that, so you're trying to figure out running back, and we know College Station's bread and butter is, is running the ball – and it's it's power run. That's that's what they've done for years. And not only that, they, they didn't have their quarterback situation figured out at this point mm-hmm. last year. So having Arrington Maiden solidified a year under his belt, you know, watching him in the scrimmage last week, he seemed pretty sharp throughout most of it. Then having Aiden Martinez-Brown, a little extra step in his game, you know, I think the Cougars are going to be much more competitive in this game and have a great chance of winning against a very talented Lovejoy team that, you know, they got Parker Livingstone on the outside who's committed to Texas. They've got Peyton Pierce who's committed to Ohio State at linebacker. And, oh, by the way, they've got an uncommitted borderline five-star in Dalen McCutcheon who kind of had a breakout game against the Cougars last year. And so I think this is going to be a great matchup. You know, Coach Pryor said it's kind of like playing a round three or four playoff game with the safety blanket because your season's not at stake. You don't have – necessarily the pressure or the nerves to to keep it going and stay alive for another week uh but you get you get a great test right off the bat in a really big stadium and kind of the showcase game and so i'm looking forward to it. it's going to be good you know it's funny too because i asked coach Pryor, or we were talking to coach i was talking to him and we were talking about if his players would know who Tom Landry is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just a, just a different generation. Apparently some of the players didn't know who Nolan Ryan was. <laughs> oh. Uh, you know, greatest pitcher of all time. I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it was funny. I, I, I asked a few players, and fortunately all of them said they knew who Tom Landry was. I actually caught Arrington Maiden on the way out the door. I said, do you know who Tom Landry is? He said, yes, yeah, the guy with the fedora, right? I was like, <laughs> My guy. That, that counts. <laughs> My guy. Well, hey, before we before we go, 
how can people, you know, follow y'all's coverage and, and see y'all's work on, on Friday nights or even the wee hours of Saturday yes. morning? So KBTX, we do um, 6 o'clock, we do live hits, um, previewing the games that we're at. And then we have um, highlights, send them back for the 10 o'clock sportscast. And then we have our um, Triple F show that runs at, ele- we record it at 11.30. Um, it's a half hour long, um, you know, going more in depth with all the games. But then that air. Uh, on at 12 37 a.m so after the late show so if you guys want to stay up late and watch it or um people can dvr it so when all the coaches are getting home from watching film and doing laundry right. they can get their highlights or the bus ride maybe if yeah. you're college station <laughs> yes so and probably then, still on the road at that point actually and then we post out on social media so um there's uh, myself, Morgan Weaver, Tyler Shaw, and Daryl Bruffett, and then all of our photogs that are uh, reporters that go out and uh, you know shoot for us that are usually news people, and then we're like, all right, here's the camera, go, fo- go. follow <laughs> the football, go stand outside. Right. <laughs> we uh, have our Friday Night Lights show on KAGs from roughly 10:10 to 10:35. I believe it also does. Don't quote me on this. I think <laughs> it does re-air at like if it's not midnight, it's like 2 a.m. So if you're up really late. So uh, when the Cougars do get back. Yeah, exactly. Check <laughs> yeah. it out. But, uh, yeah, we've got our show from there. Uh, we've got here in the Brazos Valley, we've got myself uh, at Deep Impact on X and Justin Woodard as well at KX underscore Justin. We both tweet out some highlights. We post a lot of them to KXTV.com. And Jordan Adams, another one of our news reporters that we commandeer for sports purposes on Friday night. So we'll, uh, we'll definitely have you covered. All right. Well, hey. Thank y'all so much for coming in and previewing the season and just getting getting ready for it. I'm 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 amped up. Thanks for having us. It's been talking season a little too long. Right. So. I'm ready to start playing. Absolutely. Ready to run up and down the sidelines. Exactly. So. Exactly. Well, hey, stay tuned for our next segment with Erin Hardigan. She's kind of giving us a, a statewide look at where things stand here in the Brazos Valley. Welcome back, y'all. This is the Brazos Sports Prep Cast. I'm Alex Miller from the Eagle. Joining us now is Aaron Hartigan, just giving us a little bit of a, a statewide perspective. Aaron, how are you this afternoon? Listen, Texas football is uh, Texas football in general. Texas high school football, Texas college football, NFL is about to start. So uh, I am doing just fine, my friend, and I'm hoping you're ready. I know I know. Uh, it's been quite the summer. I think we're all ready to get after it, huh? I think we are. I'm definitely hydrating. I hope I hope our players and coaches around the state are hydrating. It's going to be a hot week, but I know they're excited to get back on the field for sure. Yes, we haven't melted, so that's a good start to the podcast. How about that? Absolutely. <laughs> we are in the air conditioning. So for those who may not be as familiar with you, Aaron, can you kind of give them a glimpse of kind of your work and, and your part in uh, Texas high school football? Well, one, I was kind of reflecting on that this morning, and I, I, I'll tell you, I'm old, um, but I'm very grateful because I realized I'm entering my, uh, my 14th season covering Texas high school football in general, but my 11th season at the desk, uh, anchoring our Football Friday coverage alongside Greg Tepper, which can be a full-time job in itself, sharing a desk with him, and we love him, uh, but, uh, you know, it, I, was, I was actually telling a good friend of mine, you know, to think you know, I was born and raised in Omaha, Nebraska. And, um, you know, I, of course, watched Friday Night Lights, the movie and the show. And I thought I knew what Texas high school football was. It wasn't until I headed south to West Texas A&M University. That's where I played softball. Um, that's kind of when I was when I was I first experienced a few of the games in the Canyon Amarillo area. It, it wasn't until I experienced it that I I truly understood what it was. and. Um, I think that's why I love our Texas football days celebration that we do uh, each and every year at Valley Sports Southwest. In fact, this is, we're amidst our seventh annual Texas football days. It's a week long celebration of the sport and this state's unmatched passion for it. You know, we celebrate the people, the communities, the pageantry, the, tr- you know, the tradition. Um, I tell people often, you know, Minnesota claims Minnesota hockey days. That's their mm. thing. Indiana has Indiana basketball days. That's their thing. Football is our thing, you know, and so um, I, I love getting to, to show that off on a national level and 
we'll, we'll of course conclude uh, this week-long celebration Friday night with a live broadcast of the Battle of 287. Um, it's Waxahachie and Ennis meeting for the 106th time. Um, I believe that's the seventh longest, um, seventh longest, uh, I guess, running rivalry in, in the state of Texas, so to speak. And, um, you know, you've got the great Sam Harrell, who's been at Ennis uh, forever and, and just a good friend of mine. It's great to see him back on a football field and doing well. And, and uh, Shane Tollison in his third season um, at, at, at Waxahachie, um, fresh off that, that 2020 title run at Denton Ryan. And so we're hoping for a good game. And uh, our pregame kicks off 7 o'clock on Valley Sports Southwest Friday night, followed by High School Scoreboard Live with Tep and the Hall of Famer Craig White. So we're hoping you all can, can join us in kind of culminating this, this celebration of football. Absolutely. One of my journalism mentors, Doug Pills, he is a proud Waxahachie alum. So I'm sure he will be cheering the Indians on wherever he's at on Friday night. Uh, he he actually his kids go to Franklin High School. I think we might mention them here in a few minutes. Um, but, you know, as, as you guys get ready for the season and, you know, you see a lot of highlights from teams around the state. You know, when when highlights come in from maybe the Bryan College Station area, you know, who are some of the teams that you've got your eye on this fall from from our local teams up down here? Yeah, you know, one, I, I just big picture there. There's been a lot of coaching change in the Bryan College Station area, at least among, you know, the the 5A, 6A programs. Uh, a lot of turnover at the top to think, you know, to think Eric Ezar at Rudder. Uh, is the longest tenured head coach in that area. If you, you know, if you include kind of the four, the four powers there um, and he's entering just his fifth season at the yeah. helm and he's the longest tenured, you know, I mean, that's pretty, pretty remarkable. Um, now they, they may be, you know, new faces, but they are absolute veterans in the game at all levels. Um, you know, you think, you know, obviously Ezar uh, led the Rangers to the playoffs for the first time in school history in 2021, struggled a little bit last season, but you know, I'm, I'm, I'm confident with that talented cast of returners he's got. Speaking to him at coaching school this summer, um, it's about gathering experience and letting that experience continue to, to grow. And, and I'm looking forward to seeing that growth on the field this season for them. And then you have my good friend Ricky Tulos at, at Bryan. Uh, he came aboard, of course, last year from Perilyn. Uh, but I remember vividly when he won that state title at George Ranch in, um, I believe it was 2015, which feels like yesterday, but also an eternity ago. Um, I, Ricky, of course, led Brian to the playoffs last year. Uh, they had the unfortunate draw of the eventual state champ, Duncanville, in that first round. But, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm confident that if he can, if he can get some of the teams in districts such as you know Fluorville Wise, Colleen Harker Heights, Temple, if he can get those teams this year, I really feel they could shake things up. Um, you know, speaking of you know, so he's been to AT and T Stadium. Speaking of AT and T, Stony Pryor, who I saw you sat down with earlier this week, uh, was of course there last year. Um, it, in fact, we you know he was a big storyline last year to think. He, you know, assumed head coaching duties as, you know, after that long stint as an OC and, you know, he took over a title game team, one that obviously fell in that triple overtime craze in 2020. That was one of the wildest games I've ever covered um, to think Stony Pryor took over that title game team and led him right back to AT&T Stadium. They, of course, ran into the buzzsaw that is Alito, but um, I feel, you know, their district, well, listen, when, when really surveying that district, uh, College Station, um, it adds a little intrigue because A&M Consolidated is, is now led by Brandon Schmidt, who, mm -hmm. who makes his way to, he was up here in the DFW parts where I am up at Prosper and right. had tremendous success leading him to the quarters and the semis. And I feel he's kind of hearing that unfinished business down to, uh, down to console and, you know, that I'm just excited about the Brandon Schmidt era. Uh, and I really... I don't know. I have a gut feeling that this year's college station and consolidated matchup in October could have like some district title implications on the line. I'm kind of hoping for that storyline. That would be really fun. Um, but, but that certainly, you know, with, with Schmidt now with the helm there, that adds some intrigue um, just tremendous coaches. I noticed, you know, all of them when, when they were in their introductory press conferences, one thing I will note, they all noted, they all said, you know, I'm, 
I'm ready to give this program the next step, or I'm ready to give this community the success it deserves. It's all about giving what has been given to them for so many years and paying it forward. And again, that's something we celebrate, you know, as part of Texas football days and Texas high school football coverage. And um, these guys have had success at, at various levels across the state. Again, they're, they're new faces maybe in the area, but, but they're veterans in this game. And uh, I just think Bryan College Station area is so lucky to have those four. Yeah, I, I think you nailed it on every single school. I mean, starting with Rudder, I mean, they were a young team last year and, you know, they have a they have a playmaker in Jaquise Martin who's kind of their do-it-all guy. They, they can put him at running back or receiver where he mostly lines up. They'll even put him at Wildcat quarterback. And, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if y'all get a couple clips of, of him on y'all's show on Friday nights. And then Brian, they, they've got Tyson Turner. You know, there's a lot of skill talent, I think, in the Brian College Station area. When you look at Brian, got, got Tyson Turner, Terrence Lewis, mm-hmm. and then at, at College Station, you know, Arrington Maiden kind of separated himself as their quarterback. And then Aiden Martinez Brown just kind of came out of nowhere last year. They've got some receivers that are good. And then at Consol, uh, you know, their quarterback, Will Hargett, he started as a freshman, which is crazy to think he's entering his junior season now uh, and and feels like he's been there forever. And uh, it's, it's interesting what coach Schmidt, we were talking about it earlier on our, on our local panel. They have, they have taken, these these guys, uh, Trey Turner uh, or Trey Taylor, excuse me, and Keyshawn Thomas, who were kind of their two running backs last year, they're using them in some different roles this year at receiver and maybe even on defense. And so, you know, I- I'm really interested to see what kind of wrinkles that Coach Schmidt puts into them because I thought I thought the Tigers had a great team last year and and they they've got a really good chance to do something special. I think you nailed it that that game against College Station. I think that's one that people around the state are going to know about when it, when it comes to that second to last week of the regular season. Yeah. I, I really think that district's going to be, that's a, that's going to be a fun one to follow all season. But, but again, with, with Schmidt at the helm, that changes things. And I know he, you know, Ian Stoney are of course, good friends. It's a, it's one big fraternity, really Texas high school football. And so all these coaches of course, respect each other. And, and you love seeing, kind of those those respected rivalries play out. And I'm, I'm hoping maybe that could become one. Um, I mean, it, it already is, but I'm, I'm hoping maybe it could be reinvigorated, so to speak. Um, but listen, I'm not going to sit here and it, I'm listening to you rattle off these names. And I'm like, I'm not going to try to fool people and make them think I'm more of an expert than you because you're teaching me, you know, you are entrenched daily with these, with these teams, these coaches, these players. I mean, you get to know the personalities. I'm curious to know, which coach is one of, is the most fun to maybe cover mm-hmm. at least in terms of, you know, personal, because here's the thing is, is one thing I've learned is, is coach. It, it, it's not about the buy-in at the mic with the public. It's about the buy-in behind the scenes in the locker room. Right. right? I yeah. mean, we've seen, we've seen that in the NFL with Nick Sirianni. I was like, oh, I don't know. You know, he was <laughs> a little nervous in front of the mic. But there's buy-in in the locker room. That's all that matters. You know, you don't have, we don't we don't expect you to to, to be a, a broadcaster like you, my professional friend. But you know, it, I uh, I'm curious to know just a little behind the seat, pull back the curtain. Like who's yeah. been one of the most fun to cover? You know, I I think I think Coach Schmidt is one that I, I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of put to the side because I haven't really gotten to know him super well yet. Hoping to this fall. Um, he's been great so far. I tell you what, though, I, I really like talking with Eric Izar. I mean, he he always keeps it real. He always he always tells you how it is for for better or worse. And he loves his guys. He he really loves his guys. And, you know, Rudder is a place that, you know, historically has really struggled to have success. And I think that his approach and in, in getting getting that playoff berth that they so desperately wanted. I mean, I think that just pumped a lot of life into that school. And, you know, they, they took a step back last year, but like you said, I I think they've got, they've got that experience in place to where, you know, the hope is that they can take that step back forward this season. And, and, you know, I I don't think, I don't think he's our sugarcoats anything. I think he tells it how it is. And, you know, he's, he's a really fun guy to talk with. Um, and, and really makes it entertaining. And then of course, Stony Pryor, I mean, just a, just a class act dude. 
Uh, I have a long-standing relationship with him, <laughs> and he, you know, it's it's funny. Just before games, he'll be he'll be kind of standing there watching him, and and in the pregame, and he'll come up to me and just be like, "So what'd you what'd you get for dinner tonight? You know, like you're on the road. Like what <laughs> what what good food did you find on the road? You know, you 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 seen anybody after this? Any buddies or?" I'm like, dude, you're so, you're like calling. Why plays is Pryor always dig? <laughs> Why is Pryor always digging for deets? Come I, on, I know. No, we love we. He is a, he's one of the great personalities, and and I I really enjoyed your your sit down your season preview sit yeah. down with him, and um, we're just so we're so lucky to have such great coaches in the state, and especially in your area, and um. I don't know. It, again, me feeling old today and, and realizing how long I've been doing this, it's just, I don't, I'm, I'm just so grateful for, for all the people I've gotten to meet. And I know you feel the same. Absolutely. And I mean, I think that's what makes the Bryan College Station area maybe one of the more underrated areas in the state that, you know, people kind of know about, but, you know, may not get get as much credit as, you know, the Metroplex and Houston, of course, the two powerhouses um, but they, they got some good football down here. So, um, across the state, honey, six man to six A. I mean, absolutely. That's what we, you know, and, that, and, and, and that's, you know, I, we, we pride ourselves on, on covering that, that wide array of football across the state and being able to highlight programs at all levels. And I know you guys do a tremendous job of that as well. Well, and last thing too, I think, I think what's unique about this area is that, you know, we have the four big schools, but in the surrounding area, like about half the schools we cover at the 2A level, actually. And that makes it fun because one, a lot of them are in the same district. So we have a lot of area on area matchups. And I mean, if you want the epitome of Texas high school football, go to a small town game for once, because that's really where it's still the lights turn off. Everybody's at the game. If you're not there, you ain't from there. (laughs) You're the weirdo who's not there. So it's I mean, like it's like we say, and then and then when it's a road game, we always joke. Last one out of town, turn the lights out, you know, because yeah. ain't no one in town when exactly. there's a road game. They all they all they all travel, and that's the beauty of it as well, you know. Right, you know, kind of speaking about the area, you know, a team that has really done that and has uh, had a lot of success. Just want to get your thoughts on on Franklin uh, as a team in our area that's probably got a good chance to make another deep run. Probably the favorite in three A, if we're being honest. I, I would agree. Um, obviously chasing a three P in the, you know, and in the A. And so, you know, what's funny is um, I remember vividly sidelining the 2015 state championship game, which didn't. Mm. And well, for Franklin, they, they ended up getting their, their, uh, their sweet revenge much later. But I remember when Wascom got them that year, um, I remember vividly, you know, Fannin and company, mentioning you know upon reflecting on that season that run that game in particular he mentioned that he it was when he appreciated the losses or rather respected those losses and was really able to kind of step back and survey those in terms of okay what shouldn't we do or what maybe am am i not you know what what maybe do i need to delegate to others you know, am I taking on too much? Am I trying to do too much? I need to know what I'm good at. I need to know what we're good at. And I need to know how to delegate to others to share their gifts and helping us, you know, get back to that stage and have success. And you and you saw that play out, you know, in that reflection, reflection breeds gratitude and and, and growth. And through that, it helps you kind of move forward. And um, that's kind of been the beauty of Franklin is, is watching them, kind of propel that state championship loss into fuel to the fire and and momentum moving forward I I just had so much respect for them for for being able to view it that way that's some maturity right there I don't know if many of us have some of that at those times but but I learned from that you know thinking you know when you really when you really dissect it um and use it for a purpose greater than yourself and and use it in moving forward um they translated that into success and i agree i i would not be shocked in december if you and i are sitting here doing this podcast again and we're talking about franklin with a three-peat um and i just think that would be so fitting for the community as well because i just know um they're uh 
they're thick as thieves and uh, they, they rally around their boys. And it's just been so much fun watching the, the development of that program and kind of their story unfold on the gridiron. You know, I'm I'm curious because, you know, you cover teams across the state and there are there are a small handful of teams that have won three state championships in a row. It's a very hard feat to accomplish. There's been a couple in the Brazos Valley when you think about Cameron Yo and Bremond in the last decade uh, and, you know, all the way up to the 6A level with Westlake winning three with Cade Klubnick. You know, what, what have you noticed as, you know, maybe some of, you know, the secret sauce per se for these teams to, you know, be able to actually do that. Something that is just such rare air. You know, I've heard this line from several coaches phrased it differently, of course, but most have noted that to start, it takes commitment to finish. It takes consistency and consistency is has been key in, in those programs, again, top to bottom, six, six, a to six man, um, establishing, you know, the coaches establishing a philosophy and not veering from that. You know, you, you know what he's about and you, and you know that he is going to break you down only to build you up. Everything he does is for your good and for the program's good. When you, when you have that buy-in, that's where it starts. And, and when you, when you see that coach, showing up every day, same time, doing the same thing every day. I mean, when it, that becomes, when you see that, it's hard not to follow that. Right. And, and in order to hold your guys accountable, you gotta be doing, you gotta be walking the walk too. And, and that's what a lot of those coaches do. And, and, and guys follow their lead. It's just the consistency and it's in the little things. I'm not even talking about football. It's like showing up for class on time, you know, sitting in the front. It's like, you know, community service, you know, what can I do to, to give to others? You know, it's, a, it's bigger than yourself. It's bigger than us, you know, and I, it, it's just, it, it translates on and off the field. And uh, I think that's been the, the biggest thing I've kind of noticed in, in a lot of those programs is just um, consistency. And, and um, you know, you, again, these guys don't have to be what we want them to be in front of a mic, you know, and, and, and we, you know, and, and again, we, we sit here and kind of, you know, you can kind of critique from afar, but you don't know what's going on inside that locker room. And you don't know the buy-in that this coach is able to receive um, and just being genuine and himself. I think kids read into that. They can yeah. see if you're being genuine and you're, you're being your authentic self and, and a lot of great coaches, um, they're an open book, man. And, and, uh, and I respect that and I appreciate that. And so, um, again, Franklin, Franklin's one of those programs. And so I, uh, and, and even college station, we were talking about Stony Pryor. I mean, if he can, if, if, if he can get past console and some of those bigger programs in, in, uh, in the district, I think I, I don't see them having any trouble this year, but, um, Again, I'd be shocked if we're not sitting here too, maybe maybe talking about Stony Pryor at least returning to AT&T Stadium for a third straight trip. Well, Aaron, thanks so much for giving us a a, a glimpse of your insight and in, into into, you know, Texas high school football and here in the Brazos Valley. Uh before we let you go, you know, you mentioned Texas high school football days this week, but you know, once the season really starts to get into swing, how can people follow y'all's work and and stay up to date with all all kinds of highlights and whatnot? <laughs> Well, listen, hang with us on Friday nights, man. Grab grab a pizza and, and you know, if you can't make it to a game, uh, hit Valley Sports Southwest. We'll have three hours of, of wall-to-wall statewide coverage on Football Friday. And, of, of course, our wrap-up show, uh, the the uh, Emmy Award-winning high school scoreboard live, as Craig Way calls it. I was not a part of any of those Emmys, so I am not claiming them, but the Hall of Famer can. And uh, I'm just I'm just thrilled to be back at the desk again with him this year. I will note um, football Friday starts every Friday uh, beginning at 730. And that'll begin next week. Of course, this is our Texas football day celebration this week. But beginning next week, football Friday kicks off at 730, followed by by scoreboard live. And so we we hope you'll join us. But, man, I got to tell you, just tremendous work from you. We we can't do what we do without you and, and others entrenched. Uh, in these communities and, and with these programs. And I, I read your stuff, you know, I do my homework every week and I'm reading your stuff. You know, I'm reading others because you were the one 
that is, you know, is invested and, and, and really entrenched, you know, with, with these guys and, and coaches and programs. And so I just admire your work and appreciate all you do. You, uh, you're a star in the making and um, it's just, it's been a privilege and, and such a joy to be on with you today. Awesome. Thanks so much for the kind words, Aaron. I really appreciate that. Well, thanks. For, hey, before thanks we again. go, wait, yeah, yeah. what number season, what number season is this for you? Ooh. I'm sitting here talking about how old I am. Yeah, where are we at with you? So it's funny because so Quentin Martinez of the Corpus Christi Caller Times, he 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 posed the question on X, formerly Twitter, of course. Uh, question to <laughs> all my media brethren and sisters across the state a few days before we kick this thing off. What was your first year you covered Texas high school football? And I and I got I I, I replied because you know a bunch of the big name sports writers across the state were replying. So I was like, I got to do this. So I, I mentioned how in high school, I got a, I got a, a couple, you know, years of doing some features and a couple game stories for uh, our, our high school student newspaper, which was funny. Cause you know, I was a bench warmer on the team and, you know, interviewing my buddies of course, uh, but got to start <laughs> stringing for the Eagle in 2019. And then they hired me in spring 2020 full time. So I guess, this is year number five with the Eagle, but I guess we can technically say year seven. So I hope there's many more. To Lucky come. number seven. Lucky number seven. Here we go, man. Yeah. No, hey, listen, and it, it's our our story. I always say our stories are our greatest strength. And so in sharing yours and in sharing others, we can strengthen uh, many more. So I just, uh, again, such a, such a joy and enjoy the season, man. And we're here if you guys need anything at all. Sounds great. Thanks, Aaron. Hey, thanks for everyone for tuning into this week's episode of the podcast. Be sure to check the U.com for all of our coverage on this week's games. We'll see you next week.